0: Hey Bruins fans, welcome to Bear With Us, a George Fox Athletics podcast hosted by myself, Seth Preuss, the Sports Information Director here at George Fox. Today we're joined by women's soccer coach Laura Schott. Uh, she chats with us about her recent honor of being inducted into the Oregon Historical Society's Universe of Soccer Display in downtown Portland. Uh, We chat about some of the experiences that she had, some of the mentors that she had, and how she has, through her own efforts, just tried to continue to tinker and build the game and develop young women into uh, better people and better soccer players. So here's our interview with Coach Schott. Coach Schott, how are you doing today?
1: Great. How are you doing, Seth?
0: You know, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. We wanted to sit down and chat with you today because you have been given the honor of being added to the soccer universe display put up by the Oregon Historical Society. I saw that you were able to take your daughter there and get to show her the display, which I imagine was probably a cool little family moment, whether she realizes her mother's famous or not. Uh, it's still going to be some, you know, fun little trip to the museum. Um, but you have a, a pretty distinguished career as both a coach and a player and uh, now as a color analyst. So I just wanted to sit down and chat with you about that. It seems like you've really been able to develop a wide variety of experiences as a player, as a coach, professional, everything else. Do you have any favorite memories as a high school or a college player? I know that you were very successful in both. I believe you won four state championships at Jesuit, correct? Before setting a bunch of school records at Cal. And a lot of those records still stand. So I just wanted to check in with you and see some of the historical background that would have led to your induction to that display and, and what really has stuck out for you.
1: Wow. There's a, there's a lot there, um, mostly because of all the people involved. It's a lot of teams. It's a lot of coaches. It's a lot of teammates. And ultimately, it's a lot of of memories going back to high school and going to... Jesuit and playing for FC Portland and growing up in that system uh, that was created by Clive Charles. It it was a really unique and fun experience. It was a really fun time in the, the late 90s to come up in, in soccer in Portland because there was a really good development system. And uh, people that were involved and are still involved, many of them to this day that were involved You know, at University of Portland in soccer, involved at um, what was then Portland Mailing and became um, a younger age group youth arm of FC Portland. Jesuit high school admitted girls two years was their first year admitting girls. It was an all-boys school until 1993. I entered as a freshman in 1995 and... We went on a streak um, as a group of young women entering into a school that had been all boys. Um, and then making a mark in sports was really a, a very cool and, and groundbreaking thing at the time. And looking back on it and looking at what Jesuit is today for sports and being, I mean, they, they were ranked first in the nation. Um, I think a few years now um, that they've, they've earned that as the best sports program in the country for high schools. And to look back and being at the the beginning of those things is, uh, it's an honor. It's, it's awesome to have shared it with some people who are still some of my best friends today. And then going on to Cal, um, Cal was another amazing experience and playing in the Pac-10 then, which dates me. Um, <laughs> but, Again, meeting so many amazing individuals and amazing women that not only do great things in soccer, but are doing so many things professionally that I'm in awe of. And I still cherish those relationships and friendships today, whether it was my coach at that time, Kevin Boyd, or the current coach now, Neil McGuire, um, and some, some great friends that are still in coaching, such as Maite Zabala, who now is in the Portland area, coaching at University of Portland with Michelle French, who I have a ton of respect for. Um, or Tracy Ham, who's at US, UC Davis, who's, who's coaching there, um, and other people that um, are still in soccer and remain involved in soccer, not just in California, but in this area and other areas as well. And to be able to come back and remain involved in the sport uh, and impact this area and re- impact players that... Youth players in this area that... Um, are really passionate about the sport, um, love soccer, love being challenged and want to see what they can do and where they can take it. It's something I'm really passionate about and just enjoy doing. So for me to be able to come back here, be involved um, at lots of clubs in the area, um, impact a lot of players in the area, work with players in the area, lots of uh, amazing colleagues from this area or... Imported to this area, and um, it, it's just been a lot of fun.
0: As you've uh, as you've made that journey from player into coach and uh, a grower of the game that you love, are there any stops along the way? Whether that was with the Portland Thorns, whether it was at uh, Portland State, where you got to coach as well, or or just learning from your your own Division One coaches when you were a player, any techniques, ways to relate to others as a coach or an empathizer, a teacher. Uh, that really stuck out to you and have kind of been formative in your own coaching trajectory.
1: I honestly, there would be so many people to to name that have helped me, uh, not just as a player, but also grow as a a person. I, I certainly would have a lot of people to name from from Jesuit High School. Um, Steve Feno was the coach there while I was there, um, and Ken Skipper for my last year. And the experience there was just outstanding. They do a great job with general education, um, and that is no different on their sports fields. Berkeley is a great school. Uh, I double majored there and did that along with some of my, my best friends still to this day. And being on the field there with some of the best players collegiately in the country was uh, just an amazing experience. And, you know, to continue to, to build on those things and those experiences, Um, you know, like Cal women's soccer on its own is kind of its own, I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, Seth, it's, it's this collection of women that support each other and, um, like to remain involved in the sport, whether they are now in different fields or not. And there's a lot of just, I think praise for each other there and a lot of mutual respect because. Um, it, it's truly unique. I mean, at our alumni games, it's not weird to see 80, 100 people there, everybody bringing their families, um, filling the sports rooms at the football stadium and learning from each other. And then, you know, whether it's Portland State and some of the amazing colleagues I had there um, or, you know, working with the uh, Thorns now and doing some color and working in broadcasting, uh, just being able to, to meet people that enjoy operating at a high level and helping people is something that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. And it's really cool to see how humble you are about all of it too. But I do want to focus on your own accomplishments as well, just a little bit. A member of the Cal Bears Hall of Fame inducted in 2017, you own a number of their records that still stand, including single game goals and points, career goals, second all time and career points. With, uh, with some of those alumni games, obviously, like you said, a ton of talent shows up, whether that's currently on the roster at Cal or whether that's people like yourself who are coming out of the woodwork to, to see what's going on. But um, do any of those memories still jump out at you? Like that four goal game, like I believe that was against James Madison. Um, yeah, that game
1: do, was a blowout, do, do, an unexpected blowout actually.
0: Do you remember any of the set plays or opportunities that you had that, that became such a blowout for you guys or, or, or moments like that in your career that, you know, like... This is how soccer is supposed to be played, and these are the opportunities that you always work for. This is this is why I'm able to put in four goals and also dish and assist.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, with a lot of these things, there's just there's so many layers to it. I think the game that you mentioned, going into that game, I believe James Madison was nationally ranked, and um, yeah, we were we were up for the game. We'd had, um, I think, I can't remember what was leading into that game, but. Uh, we were very much up for it. And I think it was, we, we weren't completely satisfied with our performance before. And um, our coach and our team was looking at it as an opportunity as we were playing a ranked opponent. And we went into the game, and I, from memory, I guess I could be wrong, but I think my first goal was a hitter off a cross. And um, if I take a step back from that game, yeah, I, I remember not being completely satisfied with my freshman year, and that was my sophomore year. that was an early game in my sophomore year. And I remember um, at the end of my freshman year, my coach at the time, Kevin Boyd, he had asked me, you know, like you do at the end of the season, just asked me to kind of evaluate my season. And I had, which for a freshman was very good. Um, And I was an all pack 10 player. My freshman year. I,
0: all four seasons. But-
1: all four seasons, but my freshman year, I remember I went into his office and I, I really think I only remember this because he told the story later and I've heard him tell it a couple of times, but um, he said, I went into his office and basically told him that it just wasn't good enough and I wasn't satisfied with it. And I just thought that 11 goals wasn't going to cut it. And so I believe my sophomore year, my first game, I didn't score any. And so... Kind of my own goal was to score a goal a game. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to that James Madison game going, okay, well, yeah, I need to start picking it up because zeros aren't going to work for me. <laughs> and I went to that game and ended up with four goals. And what ended up being... I think we scored 12 goals in that game against what was a ranked opponent. Just not even a real soccer score that you see with any kind of consistency. And we went on that year to have a amazing season as a team and I went on that year to be a first-team all-american and really I guess achieving the goal that I had set out for myself um, at the beginning of the year and verbalized it to one of my my friends I remember after that first game I was like I can't believe I didn't score in that first game like I have to I have to be better than that and being what it's those moments, I think, where, you know, you actually, you know, not just think something and wish it, but you actually say it and then do it, um, whether it's individually or with a group that end up becoming special moments.
0: Yeah. And it seems like that kind of uh, ability to speak something into existence has probably carried you through a lot of your career, uh, including some of the accomplishments you've had, whether that was at Portland State or or playing as a professional, or playing overseas. Um, I remember when we were trying to put together your hiring release talking about the Nordic Cup and what that would mean in today's context and how cool it was for you to be a part of that team. Can you remember anything from any of those international trips or from a couple of your stints as a professional player that also have kind of impacted the continued uh, growth of your own philosophy of the game, or, or even just like, wow, it's really cool that I get to be playing this sport internationally.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of things that were, you know, I don't know that I really fully understood it or even necessarily embraced it. Um, When I was going through it, I was still pretty, pretty young at that time. And I, I played in the first women's professional league, which was called the WUSA. Obviously, now we're in the third edition of the Women's Professional League here uh, in the United States, the NWSL, which the Thorns are part of. Uh, There was no Thorns back then. The Thorns came into existence when that league started, the third league. And so when I got drafted, I went to Washington DC and played on a team where I was excited and honestly not expecting to play a whole lot. And I didn't play a ton. And I was a forward, I was you know, was proud of being a goal scorer, and I was drafted to a team that had Mia Hamm and a young Abby Wambach on it. And I knew that my time wasn't gonna be that year. I knew that I was gonna have to grow into a position, but I was also just thrilled to learn from some people and be a part of that. And I played with Abby on youth national teams before and was familiar with her game and how dominant she was. And I was excited to play with her in the future knowing that Mia Ham was probably not going to be playing all that much longer. So I went into that situation with that outlook and just trying to get better and be a good teammate and perform when I got the opportunities. But I didn't know until I got there, which we soon thereafter had a very big conference call with everybody in the league where it might be the last year. So uh, we went on that year to win the national championship, but then there wasn't a league for five or six years uh, domestically, and I—you can kind of see by my resume that I like being here and I like my community, and I, uh, I'm kind of a homebody. And when that happened, I, I did go overseas and play for for a moment, but you know, I, there weren't the opportunities that there are today, which is amazing to see the growth of the game. So at the time, uh, while I had gone overseas for a little bit, I came back and you know pretty much went into coaching and then ended up being the assistant at uh, Portland State and then becoming the head coach eventually. So at that time, I really had the choice of kind of bouncing around and living out of a suitcase and working as hard as I could to make the national team. I did play with a team called, very well known team called the California Storm, which was Basically, a professional team without a professional league. Brandy Chastain played for that team. CC played for that team. A lot of my friends and um, colleagues out of the Pac-12 and other uh, conferences or 10, I guess I should say dating myself again. Um, <laughs> I say Pac-12 so much now, it's hard to sometimes go between the two. But um, when there wasn't a professional league and we needed a place to play or stay sharp and those players obviously needed to be ready for the national team, um, you know, we would find opportunities like that. And um, you know Jerry Zanelli sponsored that team and gave us a place to, to play at a high level and challenge each other and um, played in that semi-pro league really for another year. And then I moved into to coaching full-time. It was a hard decision to make, but at the time, I guess it was made a little bit easier just in that there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot to do. At that point, for me, it was either make the national team or kind of be going to coaching. And without a path and being out of college... Um, it was just, it was pretty hard. I have a ton of respect for the few people that were my age that were able to find a path there, but it didn't happen for a lot of us that were exactly my age. Just, it was just tough. And it took a lot and some people put it in and I, I went to coaching.
0: Well, coaching is its own adventure and it, it's certainly not a trivial amount of work either. Obviously you've, you've put in the time, but, um, I did want to transition and ask you now about some of the, the foundations that you mentioned and some of the work that you yourself have done, whether that's with the Thorns Academy or with your own development company, Formation Sports, especially whether that's getting to work with the players one-on-one on the field now, or whether that's working as a color analyst and seeing some of the other opportunities show up. How, how have you been able to help grow the game? What have, what have you seen between you know the foundation that was laid there at Jesuit now to present day Women's college soccer and beyond, and how have you seen that come to fruition? And how how would you say you've been able to kind of push that along and, and grow it a little bit and pass pay that forward, pass it down?
1: Gosh, I don't, I guess, view it or think put a lot of thought into it that way. I mean, for me individually, as to how I can impact it beyond what I can what I can do as an individual, um, whether that's impacting players that I'm working with here or Portland State or with the academy or um, in the Thorns organization, you know, I, I really just take try to do the next the next best thing um, for the players, and you know that I, I, I mean, you asked the question about you know kind of a the bigger picture. I I don't know, <laughs> I really don't know um, how I impact it beyond just trying to help players find a path to to get to where they they want to go. And it, it's really fun for me to work with. Young players who are hungry and talented players who see a goal and just want to go after it. So, whatever way that takes shape, I, I find a lot of joy in that. And I feel like I've just been fortunate to make a lot of friends that, um, you know, whether they have a similar philosophy to, to what I do in terms of um, helping players and working with players, developing players, or um, you know, the players themselves just having that hunger. I just I enjoy that whole that whole process. And uh, you know, like so the, the bigger impact I I could, you know, I there are people that I look at in the game and I go, Oh my gosh, you know, they've just done so much and in terms of, you know, myself, I I don't know. You know, hopefully, you know, programs are are in a better place when, you know, I move on for them or they move on from me. Hopefully players are in a better place. Uh, when the same thing occurs, and you know that's that's all I can really hope for is that you know when people have um, when I come into contact with people, they come into contact with me. Like, how can we how can we help each other? How can we build something? It's the building I think that I really enjoy. I don't. I haven't really gone to a place that, not that I can at least think of right now, that's been winning for such a long time. And I came, and we just kept it going. I very much have found myself in spots, whether it's having my own company or having um, a program in college or directing a program. I find myself in spots where there are opportunities to build, and I really enjoy that.
0: You're someone that looks at a growth area and really gets your passion and your drive from helping other people hit that target that you've set or that they've set, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I'd say an adversity for me is, you know, if somebody... I guess maybe even a sticking point for me, something I don't enjoy would be, you know, if somebody doesn't want to grow, then that, that is something that I have a hard time with. Um, you know, I think that we're all here to, to grow in different ways and, um, you know, in the ways that I can help, which have often been through this sport. Um, you know, I, I find a lot of enjoyment in that.
0: Well, you mentioned, um, growth areas and, um, continuing to help people strive after a, a goal or a target, which I think is a funny uh, analogy for you to pick as a forward. Um, but uh, with all of that experience and with your love to kind of tinker and continue to develop processes and, and help people achieve things, how how do you think, you know, once we're finally able to take the field here at George Fox, how do you think that will continue to benefit the athletes that you've gotten to kind of get to know a little bit, obviously still not on the pitch, but as, as you move forward as a coach here at George Fox, what, what do you think the immediate impact is that you can have and maybe even further down the line as you're able to continue to work with the girls and, and move them along as, as players and young women?
1: Yeah, this has certainly been unique. I mean, my first week was the week that we all went into quarantine. And so a little backstory, my first real, I don't even know if you'd call it official, I guess it was official meeting with the team was just getting a hold of them on that Friday and going, I don't know if I'm going to see you for a while. If you don't have a class, come on by. Um, and we just, we met real quick. And then, you know, everything else has, has been online thus far, but really enjoyed getting to know them. There's some really special personalities and really mature kids that um, I call them kids, but I know they're adults uh, <laughs> again, dating myself, but um, they're, they're just really insightful and intelligent. And I love to see that thought. And to your point about, you know, working with them and, what I hope that I can bring for them. You mentioned goals and targets. Goals and targets aren't soccer specific. They're, you know, you come to college to, to learn about, you know, whatever field you want to go into, whether that's soccer related or not. Um, there are some really great majors here that I mean, even in interviewing, I just thought, you know, they're, they're work ready, you know, athletes, Students can leave George Fox and they can go into a profession and feel confident that they're going to to get a, a position and a career that they can really look forward to and enjoy. Goals and targets aren't soccer specific, but you can learn a lot of lessons about setting those goals and achieving them or not achieving them through sports. And that's really where I want to focus here with the athletes is, you know, how do you set these goals? What's the process? How many different, what, what different parts of your life do you want to set targets for? And then what's that process? We work back from your goal. What's step one to get there? And working with them through that process
0: is one of the things I'm looking forward to most. We've taken a little bit of your time today, but it's always fun to get to chat with you, whether that's about some of the Zoom interviews and uh, exercises that your team is doing, or whether that's just about what your experiences have been. And it's always a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better, to get to let our fans get to know you and your program a little bit better. So appreciate you stopping by. Congratulations on, again, being inducted into the uh, exhibit there. And uh, if I could just maybe one more question, what, what was your daughter's reaction when you got to like point at the spot and like, look, this is, <laughs> this is mommy's name. She's this big world of the universe of soccer.
1: It was just fun to, to walk her in there and let her, her look around. I think I, I will go back uh, to the Oregon historical society and, and walk through again. It gave me some perspective on how much I have been ingrained in the sport. Walking in there because, you know, I look left, I look right, I look up, I, you know, and it's, you know, people that have been a part of my life. And so walking through there was really cool. It was really fun. And the people who put it together did an excellent job. There's so, just so much detail. And I mean, I've been in soccer my whole life and I walk in and I really want to just. Read everything in it, and the people that put it together. I'm sure that they haven't been in soccer as much as I have, but to just see the amount of work and detail and what they put into it, and how well done it is, it's it's really it's really a, a great exhibit. So when my daughter walked in, she's six, and you know, there's all this stuff, and she's looking at scarves, and mm-hmm. she's into rainbows and unicorns, and she's you know noticing the colors, and it really can be, I think, a little bit just overwhelming, just how much information is there. And then, um, you know, we went around the other side where the, the soccer universe piece of it was. And uh, she recognized it pretty quickly. It was down at the end. And uh, once she got close, she, she saw it. And she, you know, in her six-year-old way, she's very excited about it. And she, she notices those kinds of things. Um, but when I took her, I picked her up for a picture. When I picked her up for the picture, she, you know, she pointed right at it and um you know for me there's there's really nothing better than that to see your daughter proud about you know what you do so it was cool it was fun
0: yeah it was a really cool picture and it's honestly why we wanted to to do this this podcast with you it, the emotion really comes through in the in the photo and it's it's really cool to to get to see that so we're glad that you were able to take some time uh both to be acknowledged in that way and to share with us a little bit about what that means to you and again we do appreciate you taking the time and we look forward to getting to watch you guys take the field someday
1: someday hopefully sooner than later but appreciate it thank you Seth
0: absolutely okay coach shot thank you so much again for taking time out of your day for coming on and talking with us about what the honor meant to you for being inducted into that display by the Oregon Historical Society uh we it getting to learn a little bit more about your background as the coach a player a professional a person Bruin fans, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support of this podcast. You can find more podcasts that we've done previously on Anchor and Spotify. And uh, until we have another one out, we ask that you continue to stay healthy, stay safe, stand tall.